Well, we're uh, really glad tonight. Um, glad that you're here, but we are just uh, really honored to have uh, Michael Brodeur with us. And um, if you're here last night, I know his word was just so timely and so uh, in heart. Um, the language, the, the spirit in which he brought it, it just so resonated, I know, with so many of us. And so, so appreciate it. Michael, thank you so much for being a part of this, coming out from California and, uh, and just coming to be part. I know you travel a lot, you go to a lot of parts of the world, but you chose to come this weekend and, and just we're really honored to have you. And I just say thank you so much for pouring into our team, pouring into Edmonton, pouring into Resurgence, and we just honor and bless you. And uh, let's give a real warm welcome to Michael Broder. Thank you, my friend. I don't know about this idea of taking breaks in the middle of meetings, you know. It's like, <laughs> let's pull them all back in. Anyway, no, we, we actually did that for a while in our church. We actually really loved it. But anyway, so it's been a good evening so far. Wow, what a great time of worship we had. And, and uh, just a sense of God's favor. You know, today's been a big day. We had a, a, about a three-hour meeting earlier and... Uh, just had a great time of sort of strategizing about what God wants to do here. But it's good to be with you again. It was great last night. I so enjoyed the opportunity to be with you. But um, I have a few things that I feel like kind of words of encouragement for a few people before we get started tonight. And uh, just a few things I was feeling pretty strongly. And um, so I just, um, there's a guy with a black sweater on right there. Um, yeah, you're. What's your name? Ian? Okay, um, Ian, I felt like um, when I looked at you, I felt like the Lord was saying to me that, um, that your engine is in good shape. You know, that, that the engine inside of you is in good shape. And, you know, they, they have a saying where I come from that it's, it's not the years, but it's the mileage. And, uh, you know, talking about cars. But I felt like the Lord was saying he's about to actually change your tires. And uh, your engine's in good shape, the, you know, the car's running well, but I feel like there's, a, there's something about the tires, like the Lord's about to change your tires. And, and what I felt like that meant is I felt like there's, there's a strength that God's going to be giving to you, a traction that He's going to be giving to you in this coming season, where you're going to actually get some forward motion that you haven't had, or haven't had maybe the strength of forward motion that you've had in, in previous years. I feel like the Lord just said, because your engine's in good shape, and because these new tires are going on, you're going to actually get a lot more uh, a movement than, than, than you expected. So I feel like it's a time to move ahead. It's a time to grow ahead. So I just bless you with that. And... Uh, and, <clears throat> and we talked earlier, and you said you're a writer. Okay, tell me your name. Christy. I felt like the, I was looking at your worship tonight, and I felt like the Lord just spoke to me about Psalm 45. I don't know if you know that psalm, but I felt like, and it obviously begins like as, almost a song to a writer, but it goes on, and there's a couple of other points that I felt like there was a place where it really addresses um, the king as a warrior. And I felt like the Lord just says that there's an, a warrior anointing on you, that there's a strength and, a, and kind of a, a, a quest for justice. You know, gird your sword on your side, O mighty one, and in your, in your strength and your majesty, ride forth on behalf of justice. And then the final thing I felt like for you is it just says that the, that the king's uh, daughter is all glorious within. 
And I felt like there's something about that that also, so I just felt like that whole psalm, like if you can just take it and spend some time in there, I feel like the Lord's going to speak to you in even greater ways about that. Because I think it has to do with the gift that's in your life, to be a communicator and to be able to, to communicate to others in a powerful way. So um, anyway, that was a word of encouragement. Um, I don't know who, what your name is. Yeah. And, and I felt like the Lord just said, um, and this is kind of a little bit quirky, but I felt like the Lord just said, you're his flower child. And, uh, and, I, and, I, and I felt like there's something about you, like, you know, I don't know, I don't know you at all, but just kind of like a free spirit that the Lord's given you and kind of a creativity and a sense of wonder and a sense of, of you know, I, I could just see you in a field just sort of spinning around. And, and, um, and I felt like uh, the Lord just said that there's something about that that so pleases his heart about who you are. And, um, and he just, I just felt like the Lord just is saying, I want to give you permission to be that free, you know, to be free. And um, you see, I mean, I just had so many things just, you know, looking at the folks here. Uh, um, is it Maya? Um, Maya, I felt like the, the scripture that came into my mind, uh, it was actually last night, was, um, was just this scripture out of actually 2 Corinthians Five, that he's given a ministry of reconciliation. And I feel like the Lord's given you a gift of reconciliation. I could, I could even see you between two warring nations, bringing them back together. A, a gift of, and it was also like the word negotiation. Like I felt like you're able to find the, the, the mutual benefit between parties that are not necessarily at the same table together, or not in agreement with one another. But there's, a, there's an anointing on you to be able to find the good and the good possibility in both. And I just feel like it's going to be part of your ministry long term, and it might even be part of your professional life in the future, that you'd be in a position of negotiation, and that you'd be in a position of bringing, you know, not necessarily even warring parties, but adverse parties together into common agreement. Because I feel like that unity, you have like a gift of really being able to foster unity and produce outcome in the midst of that unity. So I bless you with that. And... Um, and I also felt like something for Tara. And um, last night when I saw you worshiping, and I didn't know who you were or anything, but I just saw you worshiping last night. And, and you had one hand raised, and, I, and you had one hand on your heart. And I felt like um, the Lord said, she's Lady Liberty. You know, in, in the country I come from, which is a far country far away, um, a land down under, as I call it, um, we have a statue called the Statue of Liberty. And I felt like... The Lord just said that, that you bring liberty to people, that you are one who brings freedom. And I feel like it's, it's like it's like you're a beacon and there's something very powerful about that. Like people can look through their lives and feel like maybe they're hindered or bound or, or troubled or, 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 or limited in some way, but they look to you and you've got your hand up and they see that. And it's like, you know... Um, uh, what, what is the, the quote, you know, bring to me your huddled masses, your poor, your, you know, longing to be free. I felt like that's you, that you have a word of liberty to bring to the body of Christ in a powerful way. And um, anyway, oh, bless you. Um, and the girl sitting next to you, um, when I saw you worshiping tonight, I just felt like I saw this picture of, like, my wife likes candles, she has candles all over our house, and some of them are, you know, with batteries, but some of them are actually real candles. And I felt like the Lord just said, there's something about you where you're, you're a candle that's going to burn all night. 
And I felt like there's something about the heart that God's given you where even he speaks to you in the night places. Like I feel like, you know, you'll wake up in the middle of the night or you'll get up early in the morning and your candle's still burning. And, and, it, and I just felt like there's, there's, a, there's a call that God has on your life. I think it's a call for prayer, but it's, a, but it's not so much intercession as much as like an intimacy with God. And, and I believe that, that's, that there's just something about that that uh, just shines light out to others. So, um, gosh, I just had a lot. But anyway. Dean. Dean, I felt like, um, interesting, you know, I, I felt like this idea of, um, obviously, it's, it's, pretty, it's, pretty, it's pretty easy free association that, that there are deans in colleges, okay? But I felt this about you. I felt like there's an anointing on your life to help people get their degrees, that there's something about who you are. And you're, I think you are an educator. Like, I think you're somebody who can actually teach and really help people to understand new things. But I really felt like it was more than that. I felt like it was almost like a, you can actually place people into their roles. And there's an anointing on your life to actually discern people's calling and to actually help them get their degree, to help them graduate into the call that God has on their lives. And I just feel like the Lord's going to be using you powerfully in that way. Like you're going to, there's going to be, you know, people coming to you and say, well, what about me? And you're going to say, well, I feel like this is what the Lord's will for you is. Bam. And you're. I have this thunderous voice. And uh, I feel like there's such a spirit of, of spiritual motherhood. And I, and I saw you not just ministering to young women, but also to young men as well. And I felt like there's this, there's this fierceness about you where you can actually really, um, like, guard but there's also an empowerment about you where you can feed into the lives of people around you. And especially people that I feel like are maybe five to ten years younger than you, where you're actually pouring into them in a way that calls them out and calls them up. And they, they have this automatic respect for you because of the anointing that's on your life, like this, this depth of spiritual motherhood. So I just feel like God's going to be using you powerfully, I think especially in the next generation, raising them up and really helping them to be mighty. Um, gosh. Okay. And just for all of you, I am so encouraged to be with you. Seriously, like, you know, being here and, um, you know, I had a period of my life where um, when I left San Francisco, I had been a pastor there for 33 years. And, um, and I didn't think I realized quite how burnt out I was, you know. Like, I, I had this sort of lifelong commitment to my city, and I was going to be there forever, and the whole notion of leaving our church and, and moving out and turning my church over to a younger leader, which I did, um, was just like really something I'd never even thought of. And, uh, but the Lord kind of gave me this series of sort of supernatural guidances to get me out of there. And so I ended up in Redding, California, and, um, you know, my, my attitude was like, you, you can have this church when you pry it from my cold, dead hands. And, uh, but the Lord rescued me, you know, got me out and um, brought me out into 
a different land. And I started working for two different organizations. One was Jesus Culture. You know what Jesus Culture is? Okay, it's just an awesome, Banning Leapshire's just a dear friend and, uh, you know, Kim and Chris and all the, f the, the people there. So I started working for them, but I also started working for this, uh, you know, organization called Global Legacy, which is the network organization for Bethel Church. And so they oversee a couple thousand churches and kind of work with them. And I was working in both, both fields kind of half time, kind of as a consultant and, and sort of, you know, helping out in both realms. But it kind of came to the end of the road where I knew I couldn't work for both any longer. And the opportunity opened up on both sides for me to choose where am I going to be. And, um, and I just knew in my heart that God wanted me ministering among the emerging generation. And even though professionally it might have been, you know, I'm almost 60, it would have been like, you know, probably a little bit better for me to stay in the more established world. But I am just so hungry to see what God's doing, so hungry to be a part of what God's doing among the emerging generation. And again, not to be in any way uh, um, prejudiced against those of you who are older in the group, because I, I, you know, look at me, I'm older. But I have such a passion. So when I, when I heard about what Resurgence is doing, and I know all of you are from different churches, and all of you come together to be, you know, at different levels of this community, but just to be here and to sense the, the passion and the fire and the unity and the community I just have to say, I am so impressed with what God's doing. And I just feel like the hope for this nation is just alive and well because I see it in your eyes. Amen? Okay, so um, still trying to, I'm still stalling because I don't know what scripture I'm going to actually teach out of tonight. I, help me, Lord. Help me, Jesus. Let's just pray. Okay, so Father, let me see. Maybe I can get a few more words. No. Um, Father, I thank you so much for your goodness and your love, your kindness. Thank you so much for your presence. And I ask, Lord Jesus, that you would just confirm the direction that you want for tonight. Thank you, Father. Amen. Amen. Well, you know what? What I want to talk about tonight is I want to talk about the Holy Spirit and the work of the Holy Spirit in our lives, you know. And um, I'll tell you something. I like the, the most recent Star Wars movie. Did you guys like it? Anybody see it? Anybody see it? Come on, put your hands up. Don't have to be embarrassed. I'm not going to judge you. Um, but I'll tell you something. Even though I like adventure films and I like fantasy and science fiction and I like all this stuff, I'll tell you, the theology of Star Wars stinks. <laughs> Let me just be honest with you. The Force Be With You is about the most um, perverted understanding of some great spirit that I've ever heard, okay? But it is the prevailing theology of the average person in San Francisco, that God is a force, and he's got a good side and a bad side of the force, yin and yang, and they all, you know what I mean? Um, and so the theology, I actually had the privilege one time of going to uh, in Industrial Light and Magic and being, you know, and, and I went to Skywalker Ranch, so I got to be there and breathe the same air with George Lucas. He was sitting at the table in the cafeteria just a few feet away from me, and, and I, you know, just tried to get a little <laughs> hit of his anointing, you know, especially the, the, the cash anointing he has. But um, I got to see, you know... Uh, Indiana Jones's hat, which is really cool, and R2-D2, and anyway, but um, I love the Holy Spirit, but the Holy Spirit is not a force. He's not the force be with you. 
The Holy Spirit is actually a person. And it's, it's odd because we call him the Holy Spirit or Holy Spirit. And so he doesn't really, you know, his proper name. Um, but I want you to understand that we serve one God. Shema Israel Adonai Eloheinu Adonai Echad. Okay, we serve one God. But he's a God who manifests in three persons. Okay, and again, it's, it's, a, it's a mystery. We don't understand Trinity. But as we worship Trinity, triune God, one God in three persons, we know Father, Son, Holy Spirit. And Holy Spirit dwells in you. That somehow God in his infinite majesty and beauty and power and, and, and incredible nature is able somehow to dwell inside of us. And he came inside of us the moment we saw Jesus and accepted Jesus. And turned, to as many as received him, to them he gave power to become the sons of God, even to them that believed on his name. You know, and that Holy Spirit entering us and, and energizing us, regenerating us, transforming us from within is such a powerful thing. And when Jesus walked the earth, he just kept saying to us, especially towards the end of his life, guess what? I got a surprise for you. I'm going away. But someone's coming who's going to blow your minds. Somebody's coming, and it'll be so much better than even me being with you in, in physical form. I mean, I, you know, if I think about the eras of the world that I would want to live in, the times and the seasons that I would like to have been alive I don't know if there's a more favorite time than being on this planet when Jesus walked the earth. But see, even Jesus said, it's necessary for you that I go away. He said, it's important for you that I go away because if I don't go away, the Holy Spirit will not be released. The Holy Spirit will not come. But when he comes, he will actually guide you into all truth. That the Holy Spirit was given to us to actually empower us to be a new creation to empower us to be an entirely new species, as it says in 2 Corinthians 5. If any man be in Christ, he's a new creation. That word new creation is a new species. We're, you know, if, if scientists had the ability to discern the change that has taken place in you because you're born again, if they had, if they had uh, tools like an MRI that could somehow detect the presence of the living God within you, they would have to define you as no longer homo sapien. According to Scripture, you are a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things new. You know, all things are new. That you are a new creature in Christ, and you're a new community. You're a new creation as a, as a people. We are, in a sense, a restored creation, restored from that which was lost before. Okay, so, but in the charismatic world, which I know many of you are are kind of of a either Pentecostal or charismatic orientation. Some of you maybe not. And in fact, all of us have the Holy Spirit if Christ dwells in you. That's what the Scripture says. So you may not have experienced measures of the Holy Spirit, but you have the Spirit of God in you if you're truly born again. Okay? Whether you identify as Pentecostal, charismatic, or just evangelical, what? You have the presence of the living God in you. Okay? But why was the Holy Spirit given? See, Jesus talks about it in, in the Word. He's very clear. He says, the Holy Spirit will guide you into all truth. He says, you won't even need to think of what you're going to say because the Holy Spirit himself will actually lead you to say what you're supposed to say. 
The scripture talks about the fact that the Holy Spirit will actually convince the world or convict the world of sin and righteousness and judgment to come. Like the Holy Spirit does a lot of different works in humanity. And I happen to be part of a pretty alive, charismatic circle. Like I'm, I'm, I'm in churches. Most of them are what we would call spirit-filled or charismatic or third wave or river churches or whatever, you, whatever language you want to use. And sometimes I, I actually observe sort of a, an understanding of the Holy Spirit that doesn't quite line up with Scripture. Well, people get kind of crazy about the Holy Spirit in a way that, that you know, has caused me to wonder, like, okay, Holy Spirit, who are you? How do you work among us? You know, I've been, uh, just a little bit about my history. I told you that I actually uh, got discipled by some Blackfoot Indians in Montana. I remember one night, the first miracle I ever saw, I was in a meeting with about 20 people in this very small room way outside of town. A bunch of people came out to be part of this meeting, and the Spirit of God fell in that meeting in a powerful way. And this woman started convulsing, and she threw up a black ball about the size of a softball, and it was, it was like a gelatinous like tumor, and it actually, ugh. And I thought, what is that? Wait a minute, this is weird. But she was healed of a tumor. It's like, what? You know, come on, that's really weird. Okay. But that same night, I went out and just said, okay, God, I know you're real. You've got to speak to me. I, I laid in the dirt for about an hour and a half, and then I heard a voice from heaven speaking to me about my calling and my destiny. An audible voice. God got a hold of me. The Holy Spirit is alive. He's real. He actually wants to interact with us. He is supernatural in the sense that he, that he, that he comes out of a realm that, that is beyond our natural explanation. But he's very real and tangible, and we can have interaction with him. I remember you know, when I finally came to San Francisco and as a minister, and um, I met this, this, these two men. One was a guy named John Wimber. Another guy was a guy named Lonnie Frisbee. And Lonnie was used powerfully of God to miracles and signs and wonders. And I remember being in a situation where they invited me to this conference. I went to the conference and I saw somebody get out of a wheelchair and walk for the first time. And I saw healings take place and I saw people who had been demonized set free. And somebody prayed over me and something happened to me. I could actually feel it. How many of you ever felt the presence of the Holy Spirit in your life? where you actually feel like, and, and so my wife and I were like looking like, maybe this is mass hysteria. You know, we've seen a little bit. We believe in the Holy Spirit, but, you know, this is kind of crazy. So then we go back to San Francisco. We're sharing in a small church plant that I was part of at the time. And, uh, you know, maybe 100 people in the room. And it was in this little dingy kind of, you know, low ceiling place in the middle of a, of a, um, of a depressed neighborhood. And as we were sharing about what we saw, a girl in the front row fell out of her seat and started slithering across the floor screaming. We were just sharing about the Holy Spirit. And this girl began to manifest a demon. Now, nobody in the room had ever seen a, a demonized person actually expressing their demonization. We had only seen it like three days before, so we were the only experts in the room. Okay, and so, so we sort of went to her and did what we saw d done and prayed for her, and she was instantly set free. It was a phenomenal thing. And, and then the power of God fell in that room, and all of a sudden we started getting words of knowledge. 
and very specific things. My wife started getting names and calling them out and seeing people set free. It was just like pretty phenomenal. And from that moment on, we got kind of known as the Ghostbusters. <laughs> Seriously. And it's like, wait a minute, everybody started bringing us their demonized friends. And so we just started like, you know, okay, we got a deliverance ministry going, you know, and uh, we didn't know what we were doing. And, uh, and so the next person that was brought to us was this girl. She was actually born in China. She was born in Hong Kong. She was raised here in the city. She just gave her life to the Lord like a, a, a few days before this time. And she all of a sudden had this bizarre warfare starting to happen. She lived alone in her apartment, but she started having objects flying across her apartment, smashing against the wall. She would wake up with bite marks on her back. And she lived alone. And she was horribly tormented. And all the people in her workplace where she used to be the favorite worker started hating her and kind of turning against her. Like a tremendous warfare. It was just like crazy. And so they, her friend brought her over, and we, as soon as we started praying for her, she went into a full demonic manifestation. Okay? Holy Spirit was present. And there was a power clash that occurred. And so we tried to cast out the demon, and it didn't work. And so we said, in the name of Jesus, come out. And the, the demon just like laughed at us. And so I said, in the name of Jesus, come out. Nope, no, no different. In the name of Jesus, come out. You know, it's like I, I tried every, every emphasis on every syllable that I could, but there was still like no effect. And finally, like after two or three hours, we were like exhausted and tired. And, you know, the poor girl, you know, she was not doing too well. But we finally said, okay, God, you've got to help us because we don't know what we're doing. You know, and all of a sudden my, my wife saw a series of words written across her mind's eye. They were written in English, but they were actually Chinese syllables. And she said, do these words mean anything to you? And she read them off, and the girl's jaw dropped, and she said, that's my mother's maiden name. Isn't that amazing? The Holy Spirit could actually do that? He could actually give us information that we didn't have before? And the Bible is called a word of knowledge. But she had this incredible word of knowledge that was very specific and very much the key to this girl's healing. We said, well, go home and ask your mom about the circumstances of your conception because something went on there. And so she went home, she asked her mom. It turns out that her mom had gotten pregnant with this young wealthy kid who was now honor-bound to marry her. So her life was set up. She was poor, but this guy got her pregnant, so now he was bound to marry her. She was going to have a good life, but she started to miscarry. So she went to the temple and made a deal. And from that point on, the baby was demonized. But it wasn't until the girl came to Christ when things started to just blow up in their faces. But knowing this information gave us the key, and we ended up being able to set her free. And she contacted us a couple months later. Her whole life had changed. See, the Holy Spirit is present to do amazing things. Okay? We've been a part of like extended meetings. I don't know if you guys know what that is, but where, where you might go into like a revival meeting where we, we did, in 1994, we did nightly meetings six nights a week for 18 months. Three or four hour meetings. And the power of God would move in such a tremendous way that people would just literally pass out under the power of God. They'd be out for an hour having revelations of Jesus. Does that make you hungry at all? Does that make you like, wow, I want more of Jesus. I want more of his presence and more of his power.
And there's some crazy stuff that happens too with the Holy Spirit. I mean, you know, because we had a meeting hall that was about twice as big as this. And we had literally like, you know, four or five hundred people just laid out under the power of God any given time. I mean, one of the most amazing things was that we were about two blocks from the Skid Row area. This was 6th Street in San Francisco where basically the, the children of drug addicts and, and uh, prostitutes would be on the streets. So we started a ministry there and we had a guy that was full-time in there taking care of these kids and doing tutoring with them and so forth. He would bring them every night. And these kids that were like eight or nine years old till maybe 12 years old would come with him, maybe six or eight kids at a given time. And they'd get touched by the power of God and they'd fall down under God's power. And then as they were laying there, you just like walk by them and they'd have tears streaming down their face. I mean, these kids didn't know how to tie their shoes, but they were waiting under the presence of God for hours encountering Jesus. That was like one of the biggest testimonies to me of the reality of God's presence. See, why does the Holy Spirit, why did he come? Why was he sent? What was his purpose? Because there's crazy stuff too. You guys understand the crazy stuff? Ever been in meetings where there's crazy stuff? You know, it's like uh, I've seen some unusual things happen. And stuff that I couldn't necessarily explain or couldn't even necessarily validate. You know? And there's obviously stuff online where people are, you know, putting down people that believe in the power of the Holy Spirit. You guys know that right? Um, I remember one crazy moment. Can I tell you a crazy story? I had like seven pastors on staff, and, and one of the, my pastors was getting his doctorate in spirituality, and, and he, he actually fasted and prayed a lot. He was about five foot two, and he weighed about 98 pounds. Okay, so you picture him. He's bald, very thin, frail, you know, interesting guy, amazing genius, okay? So he, he, was, uh, he was, you know, one of my pastors. And I had another pastor who was like about six foot two and weighed about 350 pounds. So you can imagine the contrast between these two individuals, right? And so, you know, we were all praying for people, and, and I was standing across the church. And, and so the heavy guy was praying for this very heavy woman. And she probably weighed about 350 herself, you know. And so he was praying for her. And, um, and you know, she started to wave like this. And it was kind of a little bit scary. And I, I looked across the room, and, and my other pastor saw what was going on. So he went over to try to help this lady if she was going to fall down to help her fall down gently, you know. Unfortunately, she outweighed him about three times. And so, so he, he, here she is starting to rock like this. And, and all of a sudden, I look at him. And he, he looks at me and he goes, ah! And she's like falling back like this, like, whoa. And I just start like running, but I can't run fast. It's like I'm in slow motion, you know. It's like, ah! And, and all of a sudden, she starts falling. And he doesn't know what to do. He looks at me. And somehow he grabs a hold of her shirt and pulls her shirt up over her head. And she's laying on the ground struggling with her arms trapped in her shirt. And it's like, okay, thank God for prayer claws, you know, the throw over. And um, weird stuff, okay. Dog piles and weird things, okay. I love the presence of God. I love the power of God. I want more. I want more of God in my life. And I sometimes position myself to receive prayer. Like, you know, it's like, hey, we're praying for anybody who wants a greater touch of God. I, I'm usually the first in line. Okay? Because I want more. I tend to be pretty heady, kind of like, you know, I'm a more of a teacher type, and I'm not like 
what they would call prone, you know. <laughs> I'm not prone to the Holy Spirit stuff. I'm not very prophetic. My wife's super prophetic. I'm not. But I want more. But at the same time, I want the real thing. I don't want the fake imitation. I don't want to hype it up. I don't want to make it, you know. And so I began a study about, oh, gosh, maybe three or four months ago. Like, okay, Holy Spirit, talk to me. What is your heart? And I just went through some of the same scriptures I had read a hundred times, but God began to speak to me. I'm going to share quickly what the Lord spoke to me, and then we'll see if the Lord wants to do something and pray for people, okay? But here's what happened. Is, um, turn with me, actually, to... Uh, Isaiah chapter 61. See, Jesus, when he began his ministry, quoted this passage of Scripture. And it's very, very important Scripture. It's just beyond, you know, we just, it's, it's hard to, to actually assess the true value of this passage. But when Isaiah actually speaks this in such a powerful way, he says, the Spirit of the living God is upon me because he has anointed me. This incredible passage that Jesus spoke as he began his ministry is so, so, so important. And it gives us a clear sense of the role of the Holy Spirit in life. Let me read it to you, and then I'm going to break it down for you a little bit. It says, the Spirit of the living God is upon me because he has anointed me to preach good tidings to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, the opening of prison doors to those that are bound to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord and the day of the vengeance of our God, to comfort all who mourn, to console those who mourn in Zion, to give them beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning, the garments of praise for the spirit of heaviness, that they may be called trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that he may be glorified. And they shall rebuild the old ruins. They shall raise up the former desolations. They shall repair ruined cities, the desolations of many generations. I have a little simple outline that will help you to grasp this passage. Four verses. Here's the outline. Souls, saints, and spheres. Okay? Can you say that with me? Souls saints and spheres that the holy spirit was given according to jesus according to the prophecy about jesus for three primary purposes what are they souls saints and spheres when jesus ended his ministry he said don't leave jerusalem but wait for power from on high now we know the Holy Spirit brings power. I remember the last major season before we moved out of San Francisco, we went into another series of nightly meetings, 73 straight nights, seven days a week. And during that time, we had such a major outpouring of the Holy Spirit. This is like 2008, 2009. And God was moving in a tremendous way. And one of the, a woman came into our meeting who had already <clears throat> put her house in order. She was given a week to, to live before she died. She had actually canceled her social security. She had, she had done all the paperwork of her death certificate. But she said, one last ditch effort, I'm gonna go get prayer. So she walks in with this walker and she can barely walk. It takes her about 10 minutes to get to the front of the church. She's sitting there and after she received prayer that night, she just left her walker and walked out. And within about three weeks, well actually it was about a week, week and a half, she was completely healed of five different cancers. And her doctor gave her a, a letter that said, you know, that, and she had to go back into the Social Security Department and reactivate. 
Seriously, because she was healed. She was expecting to die. She was actually a, a doctor of psychology, so she wasn't just some you know, average person. She was like somebody who, who thought about these things. And she, she ended up getting so healed. She actually uh, brought in a letter from her doctor that said, I can't explain this. And she brought in a box, like a, a foot cube box of all the medications that she would take for a single month. And so we just took it before the Lord and placed it on the altar and, you know, just had it sitting there throughout these entire, you know, nightly meetings that we had where we saw, you know, hundreds of other healings take place. Just phenomenal, beautiful, awesome stuff. Like one guy who had broken his back getting healed and then doing backflips through our church because he used to be an acro you know, acrobatic person. And so, I mean, things like that. I, I laid my hands on a tumor in a woman's leg that was like this, and it just disappeared on my, under my hands. I mean, we just saw healing after healing, and it was so beautiful. And then we realized that that, that box was filled with oxycodone and, and, you know, morphine and other kinds of, you know, it was probably not that wise to leave it just sitting on our... Uh, <laughs> you shall receive power after the Holy Spirit comes upon you. But that power is for a purpose. You shall be witnesses unto me in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the other parts of the world. I want more power, not so I can just have a private party with Jesus. or I, don't, I want more power, not just so that I can feel better about myself. I want power so that I can bring transformation to others, so I can bring healing, so I can bring blessing, so I can bring salvation, so I can bring transformation. I want the power of God not just to enjoy it myself, although I don't think there's anything wrong with enjoying the power of God, but I don't want to, it just to be a bless-me club. I don't want it just to be a, a me-centered reality. I want to see the full purpose of Jesus manifest. You shall receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you shall be witnesses. Unto me in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria. And the three areas that we will be witnesses within will be souls, saints, and spheres. Okay, that's where he begins. The Spirit of the living God is upon me because he has anointed me to do what? Preach the gospel to the poor. Now that word poor is an interesting word because in the Hebrew, what it actually means is the oppressed poor. It's not somebody who's poor because they spent all their money on the lottery. You know, it's somebody who's actually been um, exploited by somebody else to the point of poverty. Okay? And this is picturing the demonic world in which we live. This world was created to be good. Hello? You guys know that? That God pronounced goodness over everything that he created. But there was temptation in the wilderness. There was a rebellion that occurred in heaven that actually transferred to the earth. And that rebellion ultimately turned against God, Adam and Eve, and released a curse upon the earth. Okay? That curse included all the suffering and pain that really has riddled the planet since that time. Okay? But it wasn't God's intention. God created this world to be a good place. The enemy has come and seduced humanity. Have you guys ever heard of a thing called Stockholm Syndrome? That's when somebody who's kidnapped by their kidnappers actually begins to actually favor their kidnappers because of a psychological kind of twerk in their brain. Okay, uh, probably the greatest symbol of that was uh, uh, Patty Hearst, she was the heir of the Hearst uh, newspaper empire. She was, she was kidnapped by this group called the Symbionese Liberation Army. And three months later, she's holding a, a machine gun inside of a bank, helping them to rob a bank. And then she was rescued, and she was deprogrammed, and she ended up being fine. 
But it's almost like we have been oppressed by this unseen spiritual power and we become co-perpetrators with our oppressors. Like a captive, let's say, in Auschwitz who sells out and starts favoring the Nazis against their own people. So those of us who have been victimized by the enemy become the victimizers of others. That's what the oppressed poor is all about. We have been empowered. The Spirit of the living God is upon Jesus, but now upon us, to bring good news, liberation news, news of freedom, news of healing, news of forgiveness, news of restoration to those who have been seduced into this oppressed poverty of spirit. Okay? He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted. See, there's something that happens when you go through horrible situations on this planet that actually fractures the human heart. That the fracturing of the human heart can actually break you up into pieces where God himself has to come and weave those pieces back together. In order to be a wholehearted follower of Christ, we need the Holy Spirit to come and actually bind our hearts back together. Even as David prayed in the Psalms, he said, Unite my heart to fear thy name. And I will praise you, O Lord, with all my heart. I know that my heart has been fractured. I was raised in hippie scene of San Francisco. I took LSD probably 300 times, about 50 of those times with my parents. You know, the rules in my house where you could take any drug you want as long as you don't shoot it. And you can sleep with anybody you want as long as you bring them home. And that was from the time I was about 11 years old. I was raised in a broken world. And that broken world broke my heart. Because nobody should ever have to live in a world like that. And so I've had to go through a lot of healing. How many have gone through healing? Sozotype or inner healing of some kind where the Lord's had to come and just weave you back together. See, the Spirit of God exists to bring about that wholeness again. To restore us. And so, <clears throat> to preach good tidings to the poor, to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, and the opening of prison to those that are bound, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. And then Jesus closed the book. I want you to understand and look at this passage because there's nowhere in this passage where he mentions sin. It's really interesting. Now, sin is super important. Sin is what separates us from God. Jesus came to die to remove the power and penalty of sin. But I want you to see the lens through which God views broken humanity. He sees them as victims. And that's why even in the very next phrase it says, and to proclaim the day of the vengeance of our God. I don't think that vengeance is against humanity. I believe it's against the unseen demonic forces that have tormented humanity that God's about to unleash his power to break the power of the enemy so that we can actually live in the fullness of what we're created to be. There's a restoration that comes as a result of the power of the Holy Spirit. And that's what we've been given. You know, it's interesting, in, in, in Matthew chapter 9, when Jesus looks upon the multitude, he saw them as weary and scattered like sheep having no shepherd. He didn't see them as dirty, rotten sinners, even though they were dirty, rotten sinners. But he saw them through the eyes of mercy, and he saw the brokenness, and he said, I am drawn. And I believe that we need to also see the world around us through those same eyes. It's easy. I, I get so offended at the world around me sometimes because it's so anti-Christ. But I don't believe that Jesus wants me to live in that place of polarization. 
I think he wants me to adopt his perspective. That's the perspective that I believe the Holy Spirit is here to give us, is this perspective of compassion. Okay, so that's bringing the gospel Okay, to souls. Okay, so souls is the first one. Let's go to verse 3. To console those who mourn in Zion and to give them beauty for ashes. Now, it's interesting because the word Zion has to do with believers. So we're supposed to preach the gospel to the poor, which is souls, but we also need to bring something to the saints, the believers, the people in Zion. Okay, you guys understand that's a code word in Scripture. Okay, so we, we have been anointed by the Holy Spirit for souls, we are also anointed by the Holy Spirit for saints. Now, what do I mean by that? Well, the fact is, if you are a true believer in Christ, you've been washed. You've been cleansed. You are now a saint, according to Scripture. You are a cleansed one. Okay, you have been made holy by the blood of Christ. But that doesn't mean that you're perfect yet. That doesn't mean that there's not a process of transformation that you still need to enter into. And that's why it says so clearly in this passage that when I... When I comfort those who mourn in Zion, those who are believers, I say to them, give me your ashes and I'll give you beauty. Give me your brokenness, I'll give you wholeness. Beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. You know, as you go around the church of Jesus Christ, which I get the privilege of being in many, many different churches throughout, you know, usually three or four a, a month, that I get to actually meet with different saints. You know what, even though we are sons and daughters of God who have been born again by the presence of the living God within us, there is still a ton of brokenness in the church. And I know even just among us tonight, there's some ashes there's some pain. There's some disappointment. There's some sadness and hopelessness. But the Holy Spirit was given so that we could comfort one another, those who mourn in Zion. See, hopefully now, those who have been reached, the souls that have been reached are now part of this family, but that doesn't mean that everything's all right yet. There's a transformational work that's going on inside of us. That transformation is an exchange. I give you beauty, you give me your ashes. I give you joy, you give me mourning. I give you praise. You understand that? That there's this exchange that is going on because the presence of the living God is leading the people of God into a place of victory in God. That we are actually being brought from glory to glory into the very nature and presence of the living God by the Spirit of God dwelling in us. So the Holy Spirit was given for souls the Holy Spirit was also given for saints. And I'll tell you something, as much as we can expedite the transformational process of one another is the degree to which the Lord Jesus Christ will get all the glory and the transformational work of touching the world around us will actually accelerate because God's presence is on us. And that's one of the things that church is supposed to do. Church is supposed to give you beauty instead of your ashes. Now what are ashes? Ashes are the result of being burnt or burnt out. How many of you have been burnt? <laughs> How many of you ever experienced burnout? Okay, a big pile of ashes. But guess what? He gives you beauty for ashes. He takes those ashes away and he, and he gives you that loveliness, that incredible. I mean, I just look around the room and I see a bunch of really good-looking people. You guys are really good-looking. Okay? The Holy Spirit's on you. I can see his radiance on you. Beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning. You know, mourning is actually the experience of loss. It's, it's, a, it's an expression of grief. And when we come into a place of loss, what did you lose? See, in this world, Jesus said, you're going to have tribulation. 
There's going to be hopes and dreams that the Holy Spirit puts in your heart, and they're not always going to come to pass in the way that you want them to, and we're going to have to wrestle with the fact that we live in between the already and the not yet. We live in a realm where the promises of God are yea and amen in Him, but where we can't entirely control. In fact, I love the scripture in Zechariah chapter 9 that says, Return to the stronghold, you prisoner of hope. For behold, I will restore double to you. You are a prisoner of hope. What does that mean? Sounds kind of scary. I, here's what I think it means to be a prisoner of hope. I think it means that because we're followers of Jesus, we cannot but hope because we serve a God of hope. Unfortunately, on the other hand, we can't control the things that we hope for, so we're bound by the hope that we cannot neglect that abides inside of us without the power to actually always guarantee the thing hoped for. So we're prisoners of that hope. But if we can return to the stronghold, the name of the Lord is a strong and mighty tower. If we can come into that tower, we will be made safe. We can actually be transformed. We can have the oil of joy for mourning. Instead of loss, instead of disappointment, instead of sadness, we can actually experience a sense of joy. In the midst of tribulation and difficulty, we can rise up and be declarers of the goodness of God in the face of contrary evidence. You guys get it? And the final thing, the oil of joy for mourning, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. I don't know about you, but I know for a fact in my world that many of the people that I'm close friends with are suffering from clinical depression. There's a spirit of heaviness that's on a lot of people, you guys. But it's not our inheritance. Again, I'm not putting anybody down. If you're on medication or whatever, I understand the, I understand the biology. I understand the factors that will produce basically a distorted uh, brain chemistry. I understand that. Sometimes medication is, is the right response. But in Christ, there is a garment of praise that God wants to put on all of us that will remove that spirit of heaviness off of us. You guys understand that? And why? So that we can be trees of righteousness. We can be strong trees planted by the streams of living water, as it says in Psalm 1. Trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, bearing fruit in our season, that he might be glorified. Okay, so the Holy Spirit was poured out for souls. The Holy Spirit was poured out for saints. But finally, the Holy Spirit was poured out for spheres. Let's look at this last verse, verse 4, and then we'll wrap it up. Check it out with me. It says, and they, who's they? They shall rebuild. Who are the they? It's us. It's the saints. The saints that have gone through this transformational process because they once were lost and now they're found. Now they're in the kingdom because the Holy Spirit led them to Christ and now the Holy Spirit dwells inside of them and the Holy Spirit's now given them beauty for ashes and the oil of joy for mourning. That's us. And now they shall rebuild the ancient ruins. Isn't that awesome? What does that mean? Well, here's what I believe it means is I believe that every city, every province, every nation is under God's sovereign purpose. And that God has a purpose that resides in his heart that is not fully being realized in every city. So Edmonton is a city that I believe God cares about. I believe that God loves every single person in this place. I believe that God has created this city to glorify himself in one way or another. And that ultimately, God has purposes that need to be fulfilled here for his purposes around the world to be fully fulfilled and for him to be glorified.
And we are responsible to be those that restore God's purposes in any given region, in any given place. We're called to restore souls to Christ. We're called to restore saints to their God-given purpose. And we're also called to restore spheres. Governmental structures, educational structures, family structures, medical structures. We're called to take the spheres of society and to bring all of them under the loving dominion of the living God. You and I have been commissioned by God to actually be transformers of society. We are to be salt and light and to bring the kingdom of heaven to this earth. That is our commission. That's who we are. And here it's so wonderful because the spirit of the living God, this passage that was quoted by Jesus, is so clear. It's to turn souls to Christ, to restore saints to their God-given purpose, and then to bring grace into the spheres. Let's read it. They shall rebuild the old ruins. They shall raise up the former desolations. They shall repair the ruined cities and the desolation of many generations. What is your job? Where do you spend 40, 50 hours, 60 hours a week? That's a sphere. Let's say you're a barista at a Starbucks. Or let's say you're a, a doctor in a hospital. Let's say that you're um, a, a member of parliament in the government. Let's say that you're a business person and you're making big deals. Okay, let's say that you're in some neighborhood organization or you're part of a nonprofit. Let's say you're a stay-at-home mom or a stay-at-home dad. Okay, you are in a sphere that is not neglected by God's heart. That sphere is important to him because it's a context in which the people he loves and created have to spend their lives. And to whatever extent we can actually restore those spheres to God's created order, to whatever extent we can actually influence the spheres of society and make them more kingdom-oriented to bring righteousness into the world around us, to whatever extent we can do that, we can actually change and transform the planet. Why was the Holy Spirit given? To empower us. For what purpose? To bring the kingdom of God to souls, to bring transformation to saints, and to bring complete reformation to the spheres of society around us. You are the light of the world. No one lights a lamp and puts it under a basket. You are the salt of the earth. If the salt loses its flavor, where will it be salted? It's worth nothing at that point but to be just cast into the street. Jesus was very specific that you carry the hope of the planet. You carry the transformational word of the living God. Isn't that wonderful? So the Holy Spirit comes upon us. He gives us goose pimples. He heals the sick. He restores broken hearts. He gives us the power to witness on his behalf and lead people to Christ. But he also gives us the, the Daniel wisdom or the Esther wisdom to be able to go into the spheres of culture and society and actually bring the word of the Lord, not through dominance and not through manipulation, but to bring the word of the Lord through seasoned wisdom to bring transformational realities so that that which was corrupt can become less corrupt. That which is broken can become more clean. That which is, like even in terms of research, technology, or medicine, or other kinds of things that we can actually discover, cures. 
we can discover new ways of doing things that are anointed by God because the Lord's with us. Amen. So I want to pray for you tonight that you would actually move into a place of understanding the Holy Spirit's presence in your life for souls, for saints, and for spheres. Could you guys stand with me? Maybe if I could just have um, the keyboardist come up, like maybe not a full band, but just, just the, um, a little bit of music just to kind of focus our hearts. And I just want you to just close your eyes with me. Can I ask also the, the ministry team to come on up? Um, and just be aware that God might give you a word or some kind of direction for ministry as well. But we're in good hands, you guys, because the Holy Spirit is here, and He loves us, and He wants to dwell among us, and He wants to accomplish the very reasons for which He was sent. So let's just close our eyes right now, and let's just ask His presence to come. Let his power just begin to rest upon you. Let him increase. I think the one thing, you know, Jesus said, blessed are those who hunger and thirst after righteousness. He said in another place, if anyone's thirsty, let him come to me. Can you allow your heart to feel that hunger right now, that thirst? Let that thirst increase right now. Let it increase. I can't make this happen for you. It's got to be you reaching out for him. It's got to be you saying, Jesus, I want more of you. Can you just say that? Holy Spirit, come. We need your power, God. We need you to move among us, God, just like you promised, Lord. Those of you who have actually experienced his presence and power, you need a refreshing in the Holy Spirit tonight. Just invite him to come right now. Actually, I think that's the first group we're supposed to minister to, is just those of you who have moved in the power of God in the past either in soul winning or in, or in healing, maybe words of knowledge, gifts of the Spirit, but it's been dormant in your life in this last, let's say, last six months or year. If that's you, could you raise your hand really quickly? Well, you know you've had that at work in the past, but it's, it's just not dormant right now. Okay, everyone with their hands raised, step out of your seat and come up here. We just want to release a sense of God's presence and power upon you. Refreshing. Times of refreshing, the Spirit says. That's what it says in, in Acts chapter 3. It says that times of refreshing would come from the presence of the Lord. Now let Him increase upon you. Just let Him, let Him just brush away the dust, the cobwebs right now. Just increase. Increase right now. Increase, oh God. 
We're asking for more. Just say that word more. Just say more. I hunger and I thirst. Now just that place in your heart where you feel that yearning. Let that increase right now. Yearning for his presence. Just come, Holy One. Come, Holy One. here just just enjoy him and just keep expanding pent pegs of your heart right now we sing a, a Christmas carol joy to the world the Lord has come let earth receive her king let every heart prepare him room right now let every heart prepare him room let every heart, every heart, prepare him room. More, Jesus. Now that's it. That's the Spirit of God right now. Just let him increase right now. That's his presence right now on you. Just receive more. Receive more. Let it increase right now. Lord, just anoint, anoint, anoint. Let that power just increase right now. Let it increase. Thank you, Jesus. Okay, I'd like, I'd like our teams just to move through and just begin to look for who the Holy Spirit's touching. Okay, just look very specifically for who the Holy Spirit seems to be resting upon and just go and bless it. You don't have to make it happen. You say, I just bless what the Holy Spirit's doing right now and just release, release His presence more. More, Lord. More, Lord. That's it. Just take more. That's it. Times of refreshing from the presence of the Lord. Can I ask those of you in the congregation, if you're not, if you're not receiving right now, just extend your hand for these. Those of you who have are of the Holy Spirit's grace, just release more now. That's it. That's it. That's His presence right here. His presence. Now let the fire of God increase in this room right now. The fire of the living God just increase. Lord, let that fire, you said that you would baptize us with fire and with the Holy Spirit, Lord. Baptize us with fire and with the Holy Spirit, oh God. That's it. Just let it increase right now. The presence and power of the living God.
greater anointing, Lord, greater empowerment, Lord, upon your sons and daughters, Lord. You said in the last days you would pour out your spirit upon all flesh, that your sons and your daughters would prophesy. That your sons and daughters would prophesy. That your young men would see visions. Your old men would dream dreams, Lord. Let it increase. Let it increase, Lord, now. Now, Lord, give them more. More, Holy Spirit. Let your power just bathe our hearts, Lord. Just saturate us, Lord. That there would be that great grace. Beauty for ashes. The oil of joy for mourning. The garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. That we would be trees of righteousness. The planting of the Lord that he would be glorified. Come, Holy Spirit, have your way. Have your way. Have your way. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Now just... Now listen to me. Those of you who have just received prayer, I want to commission you, okay? Because I know that in the congregation, we need prayer too. I want to give prayer. And part of our calling with one another is to give that exchange of beauty for ashes. So how many of you want prayer? Can we just come and pray for you? Just lay hands, and again, you don't have to pray a big prayer, and certainly don't prophesy, but just bless what God is already doing in their lives, okay? So right now, I want you all to turn around, because you always receive more when you give it away. You always receive more when you give it away. So will you all just turn and begin to look for somebody that you feel like the Holy Spirit's leading you to go pray for? And I just commission you now to go and begin to lay hands and just bless what God is doing. Okay? Just come on. This is what it means to be the body. We're the body of Christ. We're members in particular. We're going out in the name of Jesus to give beauty for ashes and the oil of joy for mourning and the garments of praise for the spirit of heaviness. And if you're still receiving prayer, just stay where you are and just get more. But right now, we just release upon every person in this room more of the presence of God. Come on, walk over chairs. Push your way aside. Get in the center of things. Lay hands on somebody and say, I bless you in the name of the Lord. I bless you in the name of Jesus. And if you don't have somebody praying for you yet, grab the person's hand next to you and put it on your head and just say, I need prayer. Okay, so just bless each other in Jesus' name and just release more of God's presence and power. The Spirit of the living God is now upon you because He has anointed you. He's anointed you to preach the gospel to the poor. If you need prayer and you don't have anybody praying for you, put your hand up high. If you have two people praying for one person, just go to somebody with their hands up right now. Okay, let's just move around the room. Let's just bless one another. This is kingdom reality right now. This is the kingdom of heaven, heaven coming to earth. So, Father, release your grace right now. Lord, let your anointing just saturate my brother's heart right now.
you would fill him, Lord Jesus. That you'd anoint these hands. Anoint these hands to lay hands on the sick and see them recover. Anoint these ears to hear the prophetic word of God. Anoint this tongue to proclaim the purposes of God. Anoint this heart to be able to receive more of the Holy Spirit. Just let that increase right now. Just let it, let it increase. Let it give you more in Jesus' name. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord Jesus. pleasant it is for brothers and sisters to dwell together in unity. It's like precious oil down the beard, even Aaron's beard. It's like the dew on Mount Hermon that waters the ground. For there the Lord commands the blessing, even life forevermore. Right now I bless you with life, life forevermore, life more abundantly. Right now I bless you with life. Let the life of the Spirit of God begin to pulse through your veins. Let His presence and power increase more and more inside of you. Let the glory of the Lord be resident upon your face. Let the light of His countenance begin to shine upon you. Let the light of His countenance. Have you received enough yet or do you want more? Do you want more? Say more, Lord, just come, Holy Spirit. Give us more, oh God. Saturate us with your presence. Cover us with your power, oh God. We love you. We love you, Jesus. We love you, Lord. We love you, Jesus. sons and daughters.
let's just uh, remain in this the spirit what's happening just keep praying if you still need prayer just wave your hand maybe you decided now you want prayer and uh, just wave it and if you see a hand anyone else you need prayer here you just want prayer you want more prayer whatever it is you're just hungry for more and this says we're worshiping I just um I just you in, in the white right here uh, just tall right here yeah right here yeah you I just really believe that Lord during worship was just highlighting you to me. There's such a hunger in you. This is a new season. And I feel like God is just, he's preparing rooms in your heart for him to really have it. You've you've been in a season of getting clean some of the rooms. And there's such a like, there's such a great season for you right now. And I just pray right now that hunger that's in you, we just speak right now, God, I thank you for a fresh new season. I pray, God, every blessing. I pray right now the strength to actually to, to, to keep going and such a, a steadfastness and a character. And it's not a sprint, it's the long distance journey. And he's preparing you for the marathon. And there's a strengthening that's happening in this season and it's good and it's the Lord. And so we just pray that strength right now. I pray direction, I pray every doubt, every fear to be gone, that he would know the exact f- place to put his foot. God, we just pray right now for direction. God, I just pray a blessing over him. Uh, just um, y- you in the in the red shirt, uh, you're just talking to someone else right now, to Dean. Yeah, you that's talking to Dean right now. Yeah, yeah, right there. I just I just really sense God. God has some incredible stuff for you. I believe you're at a you're at a launching season. You're at a key season for your life, and 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 that's a given. Maybe your age, but I say there's something very pivotal like God you, 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 you he has your heart he has your heart and maybe this is a new thing maybe it's a thing you've had a long time but there's a real launching season for you and you're going to know the right places you're going to know and I just see there's, there's such gold in you and I just call that gold out where, where that gold has been neglected, where that gold has been dusty, where that gold has been forgotten. There are dreams, there are promises, there are things that God has put in your heart. And I even feel from like an, another time, and it's like he's calling it forth in this season. And he's putting new ones, and he hasn't forgotten you, and he hasn't forgotten about you, and he's with you. And there's something really powerful, and you are a powerhouse. There is a strength in you. There is a character. There is a, there's a steadfastness that he's built. And it's just, it's good. So God, I thank you that you're a good father and you love him, that he's a son. And we just pray right now, everything that needs to be healed, be healed. And we just declare right now a fresh new impartation of more, a fresh new impartation of every gifting that he's longing for. And we just pray that he's not alone. You're not alone. You're not alone. Jesus, 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 Jesus. Jesus, thank you that Holy Spirit, you're hovering in this place. Let's just let's just continue to hunger. I, you know, we can just close and we can go on, but I'm hungry for more tonight. I'm hungry for more. Just lift your hands and and just let's just let's just worship Him in this place. Holy Spirit, this isn't just a night to just come and we want an encounter that changes everything, that changes us tomorrow. Uh, Holy Spirit. We want more. Holy Spirit, we're not just we're not just satisfied with a little, but we want more. We want it all. We just pull on you tonight. Like the woman with the issue of blood. We just pull on you tonight for more. Oh Holy Spirit. 
just press it. Come close, nothing can compare. You're our living hope, oh Lord. In your presence, God. Yeah, I've tasted and I've seen. Tasted and seen, and the sweetest of loves, my heart becomes free, and my shame is undone, Lord, in your presence, Lord, Holy Spirit, so holy.
will never get old, Jesus. He'll never get old. There's always more. There's always more. to those dreams. We say yes, we say yes, we say yes. Let faith arise. We say yes, we say yes, we say yes. Because all things are possible with the Father. Do you believe it? All things are possible. All things are possible. All things are possible with the Father. Yes, we say yes, we say yes. All things are possible with the Father.
Rest easy. 